0: few years ago, the movie The Boss Baby by DreamWorks Animation was a, a very cute film that came out and it was a baby, about a baby who came to live with a family as a spy. He was on a mission to thwart an evil plot that was happening on Earth. And when The Boss Baby arrives, he looks like a baby in terms of his uh, body and face. I think we have a picture of that. But there are some crazy looking attributes of this baby, in the movie The Boss Baby, he's wearing a suit and carrying a briefcase and speaks like an adult with the voice of an adult, and he thinks like an adult and carries out his mission not as an infant but as a mature adult. And as I was praying about the message for uh, maybe to speak at Christmas time, if if Stephen was to ask me, uh, I had a title float through my mind. And, and in a spur of a moment, I just felt like the Holy Spirit had given me this. So the title of my message tonight is, The Real Boss Baby. And I want to magnify Jesus tonight, if that's okay with you. My scripture is from Isaiah 9, verses 6 and 7, and I want to read it together. In fact, would you just read it out loud with me? Just read it out loud. For a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us and the government will rest on his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of his peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Father, I just ask you to bless the reading of your word in our hearts. Uh, We want to magnify Christ tonight together. So let your name be glorified here tonight in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Isaiah wrote this prophecy some 600 years before the birth of Jesus. And knowing that Israel's history of its many kings and most of them miserable failures... Isaiah spoke of a day across millennia of time where a perfect king would take the throne and rule in complete glory and perfect righteousness. This king would be born as a child and live among the men of earth. Our passage passage says a child will be born to us. This emphasizes that Jesus comes to us in natural born humanity. He will not descend from heaven fully grown. He won't ride in on a white horse from a distant land. But will experience all all of human existence. By experiencing life in its complete form. Just like you and me. And in that he will have a pure and sinless life. Showing us how to endure temptation. And yet live without sin. How to love a fellow man, and how to please Father God. Jesus would be born as one of the covenant people, born to Israel, flesh of their flesh, not an outsider. Next it says, a son will be given to us. And when coupled with the virgin birth, this tells us of his deity. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, not in a sexual relationship, but by the decree of God. Mary was with child because the Lord spoke it through the archangel Gabriel. Uh, Just as creation was spoken into existence, let there be light. So the immaculate conception was ignited by God's spoken word. Thirdly, the government will rest upon his shoulders. The word government doesn't have such a good ring to us right now. We've all been impacted in the last several years with what seems to be a a twisted, self-serving, manipulating, scheming, and avaricious government, not only in our country, but in the many countries of the world. But folks, we are citizens of a higher form of government, one which rests on the shoulders of the king of kings, and in this government, the divine order encompasses it all. It is divine in righteousness, goodness, mercy, justice, honesty, integrity, compassion, and equality. It is infallible and characterized by joy and harmony and peace. God's government being unlimited, universal, and eternal is expressed everywhere and at all times. No individual, no group, no political party controls or monopolizes it. It is neither red nor blue, conservative or liberal. It isn't even middle of the road. It cannot be dragged down by human posturing, hatred, conflict, or fear. And all of this goodness rests upon His shoulders. Can you say amen? The phrase, rest upon one's shoulders, sometimes is used like this. We say it in America, we go, to rest squarely upon your shoulders. That phrase is an idiom meaning to bear the sole responsibility for something or for someone. And here's an interesting bit of information that makes this even more rich. The word shoulder in Hebrew is the word shechem. It can be spelled S-H-A-C-H-E-M, or it can be spelled Shechem with an E. Abraham called a place in Israel Shechem, and it refers to the neck area between the shoulders, this low place between the shoulder blades, where burdens are placed on men's backs. It can also refer to a saddle, which to an animal, like a horse or a donkey, is akin to bearing a burden. So to the Hebrew, the Shechem, listen, to the Hebrew, the Shechem was the seat of life's burden bearing. But it didn't stand for the burden that a slave was forced to carry, something involuntary. It was the seat of a person's own attentions and concerns. It was the place of each man's desires, his hopes, and his dreams the government of which there will be no end, rests upon the shechem of Jesus. He does it not out of compulsion, but because he desires to do it. He longs for it. He wants it for himself and for us for whom he died. He desires it with joy and gladness. He's putting everything he's got into it out of love for his creation. You and I both know that it's currently an invisible kingdom. The Messiah's rule over us uh, and those who trust Him and obey Him as Lord is there, but one glorious day it will become visible and universal as as His rule extends over us and even over those who do not acknowledge His Lordship in their hearts. For every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. John MacArthur asked this question, what will this kingdom look like? And he outlines it in these next verse, ver, this next verse for us to get a glimpse of the characteristics of this eternal kingdom, this king of all kings. In this kingdom, there will be no confusion because he is the wonderful counselor. You know, every ruler which he, whether he be king or president, has his counselors. And with many counselors comes many opinions, many times opposing opinions. And when there is a difference of opinion, there's disagreement and frustration, debate, and all sorts of difficulties and complications and hindrances. But King Jesus will need no counselors, for he is the wonderful counselor. All knowledge exists in him, and he sees the end from the beginning. He will rule in perfection because he needs no other to give him counsel or advice. There will be no confusion, but only peace and tranquility, which comes by wisdom. And because he rules in wisdom, there will be shalom. Everything as it ought to be. So we have no confusion, but we also have no chaos, for he is the mighty God. President Ronald Reagan is famously known for his use of the phrase peace through strength. And his dream was the support of freedom for all people throughout the world, every nation. Of course, the only way that doctrine can thrive is that the stronger nations have a commitment to peace. And we know. That's not always the case. But the mighty God is the one who in creation brought order out of chaos. 1 Corinthians 14.33, God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. He brings order to the troubled lives of all who surrender to Him. In other words, He not only tells the subjects what to do, as their wonderful counselor, but He is the mighty God. He can also give them the will and the strength and the order in which to obey His commands. And don't for a second think that Christ is delaying this kingdom of order and stability. You can have that order and strength in your life today. He can put in sync that which is out of sync in your personal life. Submit to his lordship, and that will be yours. So he's the God of no confusion, no chaos, and now no complexity. For he is the eternal father. And that actually could be translated the father of eternity. Does the complexity of life sometimes just wear you out? The life we know as humans on this earth is becoming more complex every day. Technology, and governments, education, all this is to make life more robust and meaningful. But it tears at the simple essence of life. And we battle these complex agendas and this information overload and worldly ideas and practices. We we battle that all the time. Christ's kingdom is much more simple. Personified love will rule personified love, is the ruler. There are no congressmen, no senators, no judges, no governing boards, no police or military, no three-letter agencies. All of these sorts of things just make any government more complex with rules and regulations. King Jesus will rule in love like a father's love over his subjects, desire to obey him it's just as simple as that and when love rules and rules through fatherhood it becomes simple and uncomplicated so we have no confusion no chaos no complexity and last no conflicts because he is the prince of peace i hate conflict don't you The world is full of it, and it's such a blight on our world these days. There's a little joke that illustrates the human tendency to always live in conflict. There was a high-paid consultant who was called in to resolve some conflicts, I need the next slide up, Uh, between management and staff. So he brought both sides together, and he asked the employees to jot down some key words on a Flip chart that would best describe their frustrations. One female employee complained about management's tendency to interfere, and she wrote the word nitpicking on the chart. And then a manager leaped to his feet and shouted, Hey, there should be a hyphen between nit and picking. I believe that even on the night Jesus was born, there was a blanket of peace that enveloped this planet, breaking through the darkness and the chaos of man's sinful existence. You see, God sent the King of all kings. He was and is the real boss baby. He brought heaven's peace to earth. Our world is still in conflict and there is no sign of it letting up. In fact, I, I don't think it ever will. But know this. Conflicts of every stripe and color can be happening all around us. But when the king of kings is ruling and reigning in us, we are no longer conflicted. Do you know what the greatest peace is that you can have? Peace with God. And if we are conflicted with him, we are most miserable men and women. The world is in such conflict because it is in conflict with God. That's the stem and root of all the discord we see today. The Prince of Peace knocks on many hearts during this time of the year. You need to be praying for your friends and relatives because God is speaking to them at Christmas time. He's looking for those who will open the door and allow the Prince of Peace to enter their lives and to rule them. Those who will do so can leave a world of confusion and chaos and complexity and conflict and enter a world of beauty and certainty, order and peace, simplicity and purity, harmony and joy. This will happen if you will let the baby, the word that became flesh, who is Christ Jesus, let him be. The boss of your life.
1: Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please.
2: sometimes it's easy to lose sight about what christmas is all about some of you are already exhausted and it's not even christmas yet right how how many Listen, how many of you, how many of you are like, man, I mean, I'm, I'm already ready for a nap and it's just Christmas Eve, right? How many of you are done with your Christmas shopping? Wave at me like this, right? How many of you still need to start your Christmas shopping? Wave at me like this. All right, good. I see that hand. God bless you. Okay. Sometimes the real meaning of Christmas, what Christmas is all about, it's easy to lose sight of it, isn't it? I mean, w- w- things get so busy, Right. Things get so chaotic i mean i mean there's there's the shopping there's the presents there's making sure that everybody's got the right amount of presents, right making sure that we spent the same amount of money on everybody so somebody doesn't get mad right there's making sure that that we have enough time in the day to make it to all the stops that we've got to make right there's there's having to deal with that one weird uncle or cousin that you only see once a year right. Now listen, don't look at me so spiritual, okay? We all got that one uncle or cousin. Y'all know, you know what I mean? As a matter of fact, let me just let you in on something. If you're, if I'm talking right now and you're saying, no, I don't have that one weird uncle or cousin. Uh, guess what? You're it. Congratulations. We all have that weird uncle or cousin that we've got to deal with that we only, really only see w- once a year. And I mean, sometimes, what Christmas is all about can just get confusing. Every family has different Christmas traditions. Uh, I mean, every family does things just a little bit different. There's the f- Christmas food, right? Some of you have been baking fudge already, right? There's the great debate of of boiled custard or eggnog, right? I mean, we all have different traditions. I had, my mom and dad are here tonight, and, I, and we had Christmas at their house last night. And, and there was my grandmother's. Famous homemade yeast rolls, which my mom has now picked up that tradition and she's making them. And man, I'm telling you, what a tradition that that is. I'm thankful for that. But we, we all have traditions. My, my Nana's sausage balls that we always had every year. Every family has different. Food traditions, right? Uh, so for some families, it's, it's the nativity set. Some of, you, some of you have six or eight nativity sets in your house. Is that Wave at me like this if you have more than one nativity set in your house, okay? That's right, that's right. It reminds me of a story that I heard about a little boy. His mom, she loved nativity sets. She had multiple nativity sets all over her house. And uh, this little boy, this Christmas, really, really wanted a bicycle. And so he sat down, and he was going to write a letter to Santa. And he said, Dear Santa, if you bring me a bicycle for Christmas, I'll be good for a whole month. And then he stopped and he thought for a second. He thought, you know, there's no way. I can't lie to Santa. I mean, there's no way that I'm going to really be good for an entire month. So he crumpled that up and he threw it down and he pulled out another piece of paper and he said, Dear Santa, if you bring me a bicycle for Christmas, I'll be good for an entire week. And he thought about that. He said, that's probably not going to happen either. So he ripped that up. He crumpled it up. He threw it away. And he thought, man, what can I do? And about that time, he looked up. He saw one of the nativity sets of his mother. And he ran up to it. He looked at it. He grabbed the baby Jesus out of it. And he ran out to his, to his room for a minute. And he, and he hid. And he shut the door. And he locked it. And then he came back out. And he came back and to the table. This time, he didn't write a letter to Santa. He said, dear Mary, if you ever want to see your son again... <laughs> We all have different Christmas traditions, right? One of my favorite Christmas traditions. One of my favorite Christmas traditions is ornaments. I love decorating the tree. But sometimes Christmas, we can lose sight of what it's all about. As a matter of fact, but tonight, I hope that we'll take just a moment focus in, just like Linus just told us, about what Christmas is all about. If I had to boil it down to one sentence, what is Christmas all about? I would phrase it like this. Jesus came to rebuild broken things. Jesus came to rebuild broken things things. As I said earlier, my favorite Christmas tradition is decorating the tree. I love getting the ornaments out, and and whenever Kayla and I go on trips, we'll get new ornaments, right? And it reminds me of of new memories and recent memories and things. And then there there are ornaments that are as old or older than I am that I've taken from, from mom's box of ornaments. And so literally every Christmas of my life, I've pulled those ornaments out and I've put them on the tree. And, and I just, I, I love decorating the tree. So I, I thought tonight I would share a couple of my favorite ornaments with you all. This is the first one right here. You'll notice this one. Look at that stud. I'm telling you what, that's a good looking man right there. Yeah. I made that for my mom. Just a couple of years ago. (laughs) But I love this ornament. I've put, since however old I was in that picture, I've put that on my tree every single year. And when I look at this ornament, it makes me think of several things, but it makes me remember how simple life was simple life was for that little boy. It makes me count my blessings. It makes me count my blessings that that little boy was raised in a home that heard about Jesus. And it just reminds me of a time when life was simple, the the Christmas excitement. But if I was totally honest and totally transparent with you tonight, sometimes putting ornaments like this up can be somewhat difficult as well. Because when I look at that little boy, I'm also reminded that some things between that little boy and today didn't quite turn out the way that I planned. Some things along the way between there and here got broken. Some things got a little messed up. Some things didn't turn out the way that I had intended them to turn out. Maybe that's you tonight. Maybe when you think of Christmas, what Christmas is all about, you're reminded of what things were like before the brokenness. You know what I'm talking about tonight. Before the addiction. Before the divorce. Before the death in the family. Before the abusive relationships. Before the loss of a job. Before when things just seemed simpler. If that's you tonight. I just want to say you're not alone. Sometimes Christmas can get a little messy. Messy. Sometimes things can get a little complicated. Sometimes this time of year can really what's meant to be a moment of joy can can, if we're not careful, bring about a, a a heavy heart because sometimes things get messy. And if that's you tonight, I would just remind you that things got pretty messy for that baby in a manger. Isaiah said it like this about that baby in a manger came to rebuild broken things. Jesus came to rebuild broken things. Jesus said it like this in Luke chapter 19, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So tonight, if that's you this Christmas season, I want you to know tonight that Jesus came to rebuild broken things. Whatever those broken things are in your life, Jesus came to rebuild broken things. And that which was lost, Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Whatever's been lost in your life because of brokenness, I want you to know tonight, Jesus came to build it back up. Whatever's been lost because of sin in your life, maybe it's your sin, maybe it's your choices, maybe it's somebody else's sin that's been put on you, but whatever's been lost because of sin, I want you to know that that baby in a manger came to rebuild and to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus came to rebuild your marriage tonight. Jesus came to rebuild your family tonight. Jesus came to call your wayward son or your wayward daughter or your wayward grandchild back home. Jesus came ultimately in a manger. They placed him in a manger. They wrapped him in swaddling clothes, church. And listen, ultimately Jesus came so that that baby in a manger who knew no sin because he had no sin. He had no consequences coming his way for his sin for he had never sinned. Ultimately that baby in a manger would go to a cross they would drive spikes through his hands and through his feet he would cry out father forgive them for they know not what they do and then ultimately jesus came so that he could cry out father forgive them and he could breathe his last he died on that cross they took his body down and they placed him in a borrowed tomb i say it was borrowed because he wouldn't need it very long because three days later church That baby in a manger got up. That baby in a manger rose from the dead. That baby in a manger defeated death, hell, and the grave so that you can experience truth tonight. You can experience peace tonight. You can experience joy tonight. You can experience victory tonight. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and He bought me with His redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew Him. And all my love is due Him... He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. Jesus came to rebuild broken things and to seek and to save that which was lost. Tonight, I don't just believe this because the Bible says it, although that would be enough. Tonight I speak to you as a satisfied customer of the Lord Jesus. Because I have another ornament I want to share with you. It's this one right here. That's an ornament from 2017. And that's got my daughter's. My daughter's made that for us. It's got my girls, Ava and Hallie, and Daddy and Kayla. Because you see, prior to 2017, some things were pretty broken in my life. Some things had gotten pretty messed up. And many people had pretty much given up on Brandon. Brandon. But I'm thankful tonight that that baby in a manger, the Lord Jesus came to rebuild broken things. And He took my broken life and He took my my broken family and He took just my broken existence and He looked at me broken and said, I love you. (laughs) And that baby in a manger rebuilt me Rebuilt my family. Rebuilt my life. Because Jesus came to rebuild broken things. And He came to seek and to save that which was lost. All that's been lost because of our sin, Jesus came to rebuild it and to seek it and to save it. So tonight, what's broken in your life that Jesus can rebuild? Maybe you say, my life is broken because I don't know Him. My life is broken because I don't have a relationship with Him. Guess what? You've come to the right place. We can change that right here, right now. I want to ask everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes right now. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here tonight, and you'd say, Brandon, my life is messed up. My life is broken. Christmas used to be fun, but but now, because of sin, because of broken things, everything's just messed up. My sin has just broken everything. Can I just say to you, we're all broken because of sin. The Bible says this, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible also says that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Christ Jesus. Can I tell you tonight, God has a gift for you. It's the Lord Jesus, that baby wrapped in a manger. It's the greatest gift that you'll ever receive. The only thing you've got to do is receive it. Take the gift simply by saying, Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I've messed up. I know that I'm broken. But Jesus, I will invite you to come into my life, to be my boss, my Lord, my Savior. I want to follow you. I want to turn from my sins, and I want to make you king of kings over my life tonight. So if that's you, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to lead you in a prayer tonight. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just simply want you to look up at me right now so that I know who I'm talking to. If that's you tonight, if you need to be saved, forgiven of your sins, you need the Lord Jesus in your life as your boss, your Lord, your Savior. I'm going to start over here to my right. I just want you to look up at me so that I know who I'm praying for right now. Anybody right now, just make eye contact with me so that I can see you. Anybody, God bless you. I see you. Who else? Anybody else? I'm moving across here now to my left. Anybody? else? Anybody else? All right, here's, listen, it's this simple. If you're here tonight and you need the forgiveness, the love, the hope, the peace, the joy, that relationship with that baby in a manger that'll save you, that will change you, that, listen, will build back the broken things in your life right there where you're at. You can say it in your heart. Just repeat after me in your heart. Say, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm broken. And I believe That you died on a cross for my sins. You paid the price that I deserve. You rose from the grave. Jesus, come into my life, come into my heart. I turn from my sins. Be my boss, be my Lord, be my Savior. I want you to know if you prayed that prayer tonight that the Lord Jesus not only heard you, but He saved you. He gave you eternal life, and I just want to encourage you tonight. Don't leave this place without seeing me or one of the pastors and just telling a friend, hey, I prayed to receive Jesus tonight. I prayed that Jesus would put together the broken things in my life. Tonight we can all experience the joy, the freedom, and the forgiveness. If we'll just allow that baby to do a work in our life tonight. Jesus, that baby in a manger, He came to rebuild broken things. What's broken in your life? That you say, here it is, Jesus. Rebuild it. And You know what's great about Jesus when He rebuilds broken things? He builds them back better than they were to begin with. Jesus came to rebuild broken things and to seek and to save that which was lost.
3: Wow, thank you, Brandon. Thank you, Philip. That was tremendous. That is why Jesus came. That's why we really are celebrating. Christmas because he heals our broken lives. We're gonna go ahead and start uh, getting ready for our candle lighting. If Lee and Michael could go ahead and come up, and I um, got it. And after the candle lighting service is over, uh, I'm going to ask um, the Southards to be available for prayer on one side of the room, and I'll be on the other side of the room. We are a people of prayer, and uh, it, there could be something going on in your Christmas season and New Year's season that's just really hard and tough, something that's really uh, bothering you. We want to pray with you about that. It could be some physical health issue. We want to be available for prayer. It could be uh, Brandon's uh, uh, closing prayer for salvation. It could be just something. You know, the list goes on and on. So we want to be available for you in prayer. So after the candlelighting, we'll have... Uh, several of us up here for that i'm going to go ahead and give you a few instructions of um, how this is going to uh, go here in the next few minutes Um, i'm going to have the uh, rock children uh, read a couple of scriptures for us and uh, right before they begin we'll go ahead and hit all the lights it's going to be totally dark in here except these candles and it's going to be really neat and after they finish uh uh Reading these scriptures, I am going to have uh, someone in each corner over here of this section light the first candle in here in the front area of this section. If you guys, and then and then here in the front uh, area of this section, and so then once your candle's lit, then you you know light the candle of the person next to you and behind you, and just fill up this whole section here. And then uh, Susan or whoever it is will cross over and and uh, and help this section get lit and same back here. Once this section's filled up and all lit, you'll reach over here until we get all the sections lit. But as you start uh, lighting those candles, the uh, praise team will go ahead in their first song uh, as the candle lighting has begun. And this is a way to uh, remember this story. This is a way to uh, take a moment and focus on God's Word. You'll hear scriptures about uh, Joseph and Mary and new, the newborn baby Jesus. And then you'll h- have a scripture in John chapter 1 that summarizes this awesome miracle of Jesus coming to earth. All right, let's go ahead and uh, hit the lights completely down. So, Leah Rock will be first and then Micah. Luke 2, 4 through
4: 15. in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you I bring you good news Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. Then the angels had left. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us
1: about. John one nine through thirteen The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to which it was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all children, yet all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural decisions, nor of human decision, or of husband's will, but born of God.
3: Well done. Very well done. Wow. Well, Lord, we thank you for you being the true light of the world. And we pray this Christmas season that we draw closer to you, our true light, our true Savior. All right, well, let's go ahead and light this first Sections here in the front amen we celebrate the king has come hallelujah we adore you lord jesus and say thank you for healing our broken lives and you're not done yet you're still healing our broken lives thank you lord jesus you be blessed have a great night a great day tomorrow with friends and family into this week you are blessed by the lord jesus christ who came to earth to rescue to heal our broken lives. Amen. Have a great week. You can blow out your candles now. Enjoy. So glad you came. We'll have some people available for prayer for anything that's on your heart.